Something about that name. You say, well, preacher, do you really think it's something about that name? Yes, I do. In fact, when Gabriel came to Mary and told her she would have a child, he said, you call his name Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Something about that name, you just can't get, I can't get around it. Amen. I can't get, I don't want to get around it. Can't get over it. Don't want to get over it. Amen. And what a name, what a name, the name of Jesus. Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to this morning. Luke chapter 14. I'm, I'm feeling kind of a little bit down. Uh, uh, John Stockman usually gives me my joke for the Sunday morning and, and he missed part of it. So he couldn't remember what it was. And so I don't have the joke this morning. And so anyway, uh, we're, that's where we are, okay? <clears throat> so... Uh, blame John for no joke, all right? <clears throat> yeah, but anyway, uh, Luke chapter 14, we'll begin reading verse 15, says, And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. And sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. Verse 18 says, And when they and, and they all and they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. You know, what an idiot. <laughs> He bought a piece of ground without looking at it. I'd like to sell him some, amen? <laughs> and we find here he said in the, verse 19, he says, And another said, I have bought five ox, a yoke of oxen, and, go to, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Somebody said that was the only legitimate excuse, Amen. <laughs> So the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, began, being angry, said, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed, the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done and thou, as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men uh, which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Look back with me, if you would, there in verse 18, beginning of our text. It says, And they all with one consent began to make excuse. To make excuse. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Making Excuses. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, we have several people out sick. Pray that you touch their bodies. Lord, if they're able to listen by, by uh, a live stream, Lord, I pray that you'd bless them, Lord, with the message today. But, Lord, bless them in knowing that we're praying for them, care for them. Lord, encourage them, strengthen them. Lord, I, I, I pray, Lord, I, I know people just like Brother, Brother Ron Baker, Lord, would desire to be here, but physically not been able to. Lord, I pray that you bless them. Lord, keep your hand on them. Lord, I pray now that you'd just strengthen those, Lord. Uh, we think of Wayne, Lord, in the hospital after the bypass, Lord, just strengthen his body. And others who are sick, John, John and others, Lord, just touch them. 
But now, Lord, I pray that you take the Word of God, speak to our hearts, challenge us in such a way, Lord, that we'll leave here different than the way we came in. And Lord, I pray that if there's anyone that does not know Jesus Christ, their Savior, they don't know that they go to heaven today, Lord. I pray that, Lord, during the invitation that they would come, they'd receive Christ their Savior before it's eternally too late. Have your will and way, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Excuses. The Kingsman Quartet sings a song called Excuses. It goes something like this. I'm not going to sing it to you. I'll just read it like a poem. How's that? Excuses, excuses, you'll hear them every day. Now the devil, he'll supply them if from church you'll stay away. When people come to know the Lord, the devil always loses. So keep them folks away from church. He offers them excuses. In the summer, it's too hot. In the winter, it's too cold. In the springtime, the weather's just right, and you find someplace else to go. Well, it's up to the mountains or down to the beach or to visit some old friend or just stay home then kind of relax and hope some of the kin folks will start dropping in. Well, the church benches are too hard and the choir sings too loud. Boy, you know how nervous you get when you're sitting in a great big crowd. The doctor told you now you better watch them crowds. They'll set you back. But you go to that old ball game where you can say it helps you to relax. Well, a headache on Sunday morning and a backache on Sunday night. But by Monday morning, you feel quite all right. Well, one of the children has a cold. Pneumonia, do you suppose? Why, the whole family had to stay home just to blow the poor kid's nose. Well, the preacher, he's too young, and maybe he's too old. The sermons, they're not hard enough, and maybe they're too bold. His voice is too quiet. Like, sometimes he gets too loud. He needs to have more dignity or else he's way too proud. Well, the sermons, they're too long and maybe they're too short. He ought to preach the word with dignity instead of stomp and snort. Preacher, we've got must be the world's most stuck-up man. One of, the, well, one of the ladies told me the other day, well, he didn't even shake my hand. <sighs> excuses. We've got all kinds of excuses in our day and time. Why we can't live for the Lord, why we can't serve the Lord, why we can't get saved if you're lost. And I, many times I talk to people and, and, and they give me all kinds of, we've heard the word hypocrite thrown around so much and they use excuse after excuse after excuse why they don't go to church or why they won't get saved. And on and on goes the list of things. Many think that an excuse is a way out of responsibility or out of a commitment. They think that that excuse will, will, will bypass the, uh, the Lord one day. But we live in a time in our country where there's all kinds of excuses and we're quick to pass the buck and we're quick to, to, to say, well, this or that. And we use all kinds of excuses to keep from admitting that we're in sin and that we're not living for God or maybe that we're lost and on our way to a devil's hell. And all kinds of excuses every day, every day, every day, people are always using some, time of ex some type of excuse. The excuses that we, we hear today, you know, all this, and, 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 and I don't, maybe I shouldn't get it, but, but the fact is, is, hey, listen, we're living a day and time when, when they say, well, I was, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, a girl in a boy's body. Good night, you need some biology. Yeah. That's no excuse. Or I'm this or that. No, 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 no. It's not an excuse. 
We're living in a world today when, when all kinds of excuses are thrown around so fervently to, to try to get back by the, uh, and give an excuse why we're living in sin and why that we're not living for the Lord and why we're not saved and on goes the list. But making excuses for our actions or the lack of them is nothing new. Back in Genesis chapter 3 and begin verse 9, it says, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? He said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. And he said, Who, who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Now listen to what he says. And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest me to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. From the very beginning, man began to try to pass the buck, try to use excuses why they, why they, were, why they sinned against the Lord, why they did not do what the Lord told them to do, using an excuse after excuse after excuse. Ever since the fall in the garden, man has tried to use excuses to get around the Word of God and, and the leading of the Lord in their lives. It's just a common thing. We see it all the time. And, and if you would be honest sitting here this morning, and let's just get real honest with ourselves because uh, we can't read your mind. We don't know what you're thinking. But if you would be real honest in your mind, and if I'd be real honest in my mind, we've used excuses with God. We've used excuses. We've used excuses why we can't do this or why we can't do that. Adam blamed the woman. The woman blamed the serpent. Though the serpent did his best to deceive the woman and to try to get her to sin. But my friend, understand this. The woman knew what God had said. He knew, she knew that, hey, listen, don't take of that tree. Don't eat of that. that that's a forbidden fruit. Don't eat of that. God of heaven. He said, you can eat of everything else in this garden, but don't eat of that one tree. Adam had even told her, no doubt. But yet she still ate of that tree. Well, what about Adam? Adam used the excuse that the woman was the one. It was her fault instead of his fault. Well, Adam was the first uh, living, living uh, a human being, and God told him, don't eat of that fruit or that tree in the midst of the garden. And yet he still ate of it. But he had to come up with an excuse, so he blamed the woman. The woman had to come up with an excuse, so she blamed the serpent. My friend, the fact is, is that we, all of us, many times we find ourselves trying to make excuses for the sin that we have allowed into our lives. The excuse did not go away, though, with the penalty, because there was a penalty of disobedience and sin against the Lord. God took and put them out of the garden. Their excuse didn't hold up. Their excuse wasn't there. We go on down, we find that King Saul made an excuse and blamed the people for his failure as a king and his disobedience to the Lord. Over in 1 Samuel chapter 15, he says, uh, in verse 19, he says, Wherefore didst thou, Samuel's talking to him, the prophet of God, he said, Wherefore didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, and didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul says this, And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord, has, uh, Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, and listen to what he says, and brought Agag, the king of the, uh, the Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. 
But the people took the spoil, the sheep, oxen, and the chief of the things, which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord his great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. He goes on and says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and the stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. So what happened here is Saul's excuses didn't change. To utterly destroy the Amalekites. What did he say? He said, I, uh, he said, I brought back King Agag and I utterly destroyed all the Amalekites. Uh, you mean that uh, King Agag was not an Amalekite? And then he turns and, he's, and he probably realized, oh wait a minute, I, I should have killed the king that was leading all the Amalekites against us. And then and they said, but the people, they brought all the spoil. They brought all the sheep and all the, the different ones. And, and, and here's, here's where he tries to make it sound really good in his excuse. They're going to offer them to the Lord. Do you know what? Sometimes we try to make excuses and we try to use the Lord in our excuse. But it didn't hold any water with God. And the excuses didn't hold up. And you go on through the book of Samuel, you'll find that Saul eventually lost the kingdom. Why? Because he sinned against the Lord. Because he didn't do what he's supposed to do. And then he began to make excuses for it. He made those excuses. And the Lord rejected him. We find in this, this parable here that uh, in Luke chapter 14, we find that the master was angry because of the excuses. Look with me here in verse 21. It says, So that the servant, so that, that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to the servant, Go out quickly in the, into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the hither, the, the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. The parable that's being given here is being given by Jesus Christ. And what the parable is, is it's a parable. If you go back to the very first verse that we read, it talks about, a, he's talking about a great supper that was made. And it's a picture, and he was talking to them about the kingdom of God, of those eating in the kingdom of God one day, enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb, enjoying the fellowship in heaven one day. And, and then he, he goes on with the parable, and and he talks about how that uh, he went out and he had, had given invitation to these people to come in and they begin to make excuse. It's a picture of salvation. It's a picture of him offering salvation and people rejecting salvation, rejecting the Lord. One day, because of that, they have rejected that, that time that they'll be in heaven and, and at the marriage supper of the Lamb and enjoying, enjoying that fellowship in heaven even beyond that. And the fact is, is that the excuses that they made cost them greatly. And can I tell you this morning that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you're, if you're sitting here this morning and you're making excuses why, why uh, you have not received Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you're making an excuse about it, can I tell you something? That excuse can cost you forever. It can cost you a, an eternity in a lake of fire forever and ever because you have not just rejected an opportunity, but you have rejected Jesus Christ Himself. 
And you made an excuse. You made the excuse. The invitation doesn't get any plainer than that. Many will make their excuses and miss heaven, wind up in a lake of fire for eternity because of the excuses. You see, the biggest problem is this. We don't want to get honest with ourselves. And we don't want to get honest with God when it comes down to spiritual things. So we make an excuse. We make an excuse. A why that we can't or why that we... It's not a matter of that why we can't, but it's a matter of why we don't. God's not going to ask you something to do something that you can't. And so the excuse is actually of something that you won't do, not that you can't do. And many times today we, we live in this world and we're making excuses why we can't live for the Lord. We can't do this and we can't do that. You see, their, their excuses had, is really that they had no time for the master that was sending out the invitation. Look at it with me in verse 18. And they, and they all, notice what it says, with one consent began to make excuse first the first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have, have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them, and I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. It would be like this. You three guys stand up here. They're standing around here on the corner. They're talking. They're visiting about things, and the, and the, and the servant of the, of the master comes over, and he said, listen, I want you to understand, hey, hey guys, listen, the, the master that I serve, he has sent an invitation to you, he has made a great supper, and, and, and he wants you to be there, he desires for you to be there, and, and he sent an invitation, especially to you, Justin, to you, Hunter, and, 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 and to you, Blake, he sent that invitation specifically to you. So they were possibly in a group like this, because it says, with all with consent, one consent, they begin to make excuses. He said, well, he said, I bought a piece of land. I got to go look at it. He said, please have me excused. The other one says, I have bought a yoke of oxen. And I've got to go prove them. The other one says, I married me a wife. <laughs> and I can't come. Say, so did you do that on purpose? No, I didn't even think about that until it got right down to it. <laughs> with all, with one consent. I thought about that a little bit. I thought, you know, the very first person that made an excuse helped the rest of them make an excuse. Your life and my life, Christian, has an effect on other people's lives. And when we begin to make excuses for not serving God, for not living for God, for not doing what's right, not following the Word of God, not living for the Lord in this day and time, this wicked world, we're causing others to make the same excuses with one consent. So they all made an excuse of why they couldn't come. But what we don't realize is that they were saying, I don't really have time for the, for the master. I don't have time to come to his meal. Many times as Christians, we get busy with our own things and themselves, and we make all kinds of excuses why we don't have time for the Lord. This time of year is a very, very busy time of year for everybody. 
We have the holidays, we have Christmas, we have Thanksgiving, we have New Year's, and, and sometimes we make excuses that we can't do the things of God, we can't follow the Lord, we can't pray, we can't spend time in our Bible, we got all these things we got to do, and we can't be at church, or we can't, whatever it might be, and we make all kinds of excuses because we're so busy, and we use all these excuses to keep us from serving God. We don't have time to pray. We don't have time to just sit down with the Lord. We don't have time to read His Word and to put it in our hearts and our minds. We don't have time for the things of God in church. We make all kinds of excuses. We don't have time to share, share Christ and, and His Word with others. We make all kinds of excuses why we can't. I, I can't, I preach, I don't know all the verses. You don't have to know all the verses. Well, I, I just don't know what to say. Tell them how you got saved. Invite them to church. I'll tell them. And we make all kinds of excuses why we can't do these things and why we can't live for the Lord in our day. Well, preacher, it's just not popular. And pe man, they'll laugh at you. They'll mock at you. They laughed and mocked at Jesus Christ. You'd be in good company, amen? And we make all these excuses. Well, well, preacher, you just don't know how hard it is. Well, you, I think I do. I live in the same world you live in. Yeah, but you're a preacher. Yeah, and there's more pressure put on me to do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. But the fact is, is that we all are going to stand before the Lord and give an account of what we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And we're to live for the Lord, to magnify Him, and we can't make these excuses. Sometimes the Lord has to put us in a position where we have nothing but time and that those excuses won't work anymore. Think about that. But we better make time for the Lord. We make excuses why we can't praise Him. Well, preacher, I'm just going through this very difficult time. I understand, but He's there for you, isn't He? Well, preacher, you, you, don't, you don't understand. I, I, I probably don't, but God does. Well, 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 things didn't turn out the way I wanted to. No, but evidently they turned out the way God wanted them to. And we've got to learn to praise Him. Make excuses why we can't be vocal for Him. Make excuses why they can't or won't get saved or put, put it off until later. I, I, over the years, it's so, so many times I've talked to different people and they'll say, well, I'm going to get saved one of these days, preacher. That's no, not right now. Just not right now. I'm, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going to one of these days and I remember a man that was dying. He had, three, or he had a, a month or three months. I forget what it was now. He was on oxygen. He had a terminal uh, lung cancer. He, he was ate up with it. He, he was, he was a, a avid smoker and he was still continuing to smoke and it was cutting the days off as he began to smoke. He went to oxygen. I thought he was going to blow us up when he was in there. Amen. And he was, and I mean, he was in terrible shape and, and with tears rolling down his, his face uh, with me and, and my pastor, Brother Parker, we sat there, we shared the gospel with him and how he could be saved in and, and his home. And, and they said that he'll never go anywhere. He'll never leave there. And he'll, when he leaves there, he'll be leaving uh, and going to the funeral home. And we told him, so listen, you have a short time. We got just as straight as we could. You got a short time and you need Jesus Christ, your Savior. With tears rolling down his face, he said, I know. He said, I know I need Christ my Savior. I know I'm lost. I'll tell you what I'll do. When I get better, I'll come to your church and get saved. And that excuse, as far as we know, sent him to hell. Sent him to hell. If you're sitting here this morning, let me tell you something. The excuses 
won't stand up when you stand before the Lord. You can stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I didn't know. He'll say, I sent this person, that person to you. Well, well I didn't realize. He said, I tried. He said, I, the Holy Spirit dealt with your heart. Without excuse. The Bible says that we're without excuse in Romans chapter 1 verse 19 says because that when the, that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead and notice what he says so that they are without excuse. Just recently as I was visiting with a man about his salvation. He said, well, you know, some people have the Bible, some people don't have the Bible. He said, some, in some countries they believe in, in uh, uh, Allah, uh, uh, Muhammad, and all that. And he said, they have the Koran. He said, we're here. He said, we have the Bible and all. He said, but we, people believe in different things here. He said, uh, he said, I believe in a higher power. He said, but uh, I, I, I just don't know. And the fact is, is that even he is without excuse because the heavens declare his glory. You go out and look at creation and you cannot deny that that was, was made by design, not by accident. It wasn't some big bang and some, some, little, some, some cosmic happening that caused and created all this. That would be like going down to buy a junkyard and seeing a, a, a Coca-Cola can laying there on the floor. And, you, and there's the opening in the fence and you kick that Coca-Cola can into that junkyard. And you hear some rattling around and some banging and whoop and pow, pow. And out on the other side comes a, a, a four-wheel drive pickup. <laughs> you say, preach, that's crazy. Not as crazy as you are is not thinking that God didn't create all this. We're without excuse. He said, well, what about the people who've never heard the gospel? The Bible says that, basically, let me paraphrase. He said, those who seek light, God will give them more light. And when they receive that light, he will give them more light. He's written it on the tables of our hearts. That we know that there is a creator. That we know there is a God. But we must seek Him and understand that He is God. There's no, there, there's no excuse for the saved also to, to not glorify and worship the Lord. Romans 1 there in verse 21 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Isn't it sad that Christians today, living in the world today, we use all kinds of excuses of, of not glorifying God and magnifying Him and letting others know that He's our Savior and being excited about what He's done in our lives and, and lifting Him up and exalting Him before this lost world. What do they need? They need Jesus Christ. Amen. And the Bible says that we're to be the light of the world and we're to allow the, the light to shine unto them so that they can see our Lord and Savior. We're to glorify Him. We're to magnify Him. We're to lift Him up. And yet we find all kinds of excuses why we can't. Well, preacher, I'm not like you. I mean, I've got all my hair. And I've got more sense than you got. Well, you're right on two things. Well, preacher, I hate to tell you this, but you're just kind of a nut. 
Yeah, but I'm screwed on the right bowl, amen? And the fact is, is I realize that, hey, listen, the greatest thing that I can do in this life is not make money, not own houses and cars, not have, have those houses filled with, with things, but the greatest thing that I can do in this life is share the gospel with others Amen. and glorify my heavenly Father and allow this world to see Him and, not do, it, uh, and do it without any excuses and, and lift Him up. I cease not to be a Amazed at professed Christians who live in their lives in such a way, instead of glorifying God, they continually dishonor His name. Paul said in Philippians 1.20, he says, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. He wasn't making any excuses. When you stop and consider all that the Lord has done for us, we ought to be, have a desire to glorify Him and to magnify Him. Lift Him up with our mouths and our, our lives. Christian, there's no excuse for not glorifying God. You saved? Mm -hmm. You going to heaven? Yes, sir. How come? Because I asked Jesus to come to my heart. You going to heaven? Yes, sir. How come? Because I asked Jesus to come to my heart. You going to heaven? Mm-hmm. How come? Because he saved me. You going to heaven? Yes, sir. How come? Jesus died for me. Can I tell you something? You didn't do a thing in him saving you. He did it all at Calvary. And oh, how we ought to live for him and glorify him. Because he's given a hope of eternal life. And oh, how we ought to lift him up and magnify him. There's no excuse also for the Christians to be unthankful. Verse 21 there again he says, Because that when they knew not God, they glorified Him not. Neither were thankful. We become so unthankful to God for His goodness and His blessings in our day. We make all kinds of excuses. We've been blessed beyond measure. If you're saved this morning, you're on your way to heaven. And you're blessed. You're blessed. Psalmist said in Psalms 107, verse 1, he says, give, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Our God is not some God sitting up there with a big two before waiting to thump you on the head. But He's a God that says, My, my mercies are they're new every morning. Now, He knows how to use the two before, too. He knows how to spank. But He's a merciful God. In fact, when we sinned, he, he said, listen, they said, I made a way. He said, still the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all sin. He said in 1 John, uh, 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 John chapter 1, verse 9, he says, uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, preacher, that only lasts one time. But no, it's for eternity. It's forever. Well, preacher, what if I sin right now and ask the Lord to forgive me and He forgives me? What if I turn around and do the same thing again and I ask Him to forgive me? Will He forgive me? Yes. What if I turn around and do it again? Will He forgive me? Yes. If you turn around and do it again and I ask Him for forgiveness, will He, do it again? Will he forgive me? Yes. Oh, be thankful. Be thankful for the goodness of God. Quit making excuses. Quit making excuses why you can't live for the Lord. 
There's no excuse for not, for, or there's no excuse for being unthankful, could I put it that way? No matter your troubles, no matter your, your, your struggles, don't make excuses. There's no excuse for a Christian to live and act like the lost world. Romans 1 there in verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold, now listen to this, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. You say, preacher, what's that? What, what, what's that mean, that hold the truth in unrighteousness? I know what the Bible says, but I'm not going to do it. I know what the Holy Spirit's dealing my heart about, but I'm not going to do it. Why not? Because this world's changed, and it, you just don't have to do that. Because, because, because. And we come up with all kinds of excuses why that we know what the Bible says, but we don't do what the Bible says. Well, preacher, do you realize how old that Bible is? Well, I got a pretty good idea. But it's just as much alive today as the day that it was penned. Well, preacher, you know, things change, not God. And neither does His Word. In fact, the Bible is, the, the Lord said the, the Word of God, it was settled in heaven for eternity. That's a long time. You may try to take away from it, you may try to add to it, but He said, that won't work. He said, I change not. We have the truth of God's Word and there's no excuse for us to live and to act or to talk like the lost world. No excuse. It's time for the Christian to quit making excuses for not being faithful, for not getting into God's Word, for not praying, for not being holy and separate from God, or separate for God, uh, for not witnessing to others, for not getting their hearts right with God. We're without excuse. Well, preacher, what do we do? Well, Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from, the evil con from an evil conscience in our bodies washed with pure water. He also said, draw nigh to God and He'll draw nigh to you. Quit giving excuses and start drawing nigh to God. We need to be over there in, in James. Uh, uh, he, he talks about being doers of the Word and not hearers only. Let's quit giving excuses of when we hear it and let's start being doers and living for God. Christian, listen to me this morning. This world needs to see true righteousness. This world needs to see a Bible in action. This world needs to see Christians who believe what they say. And they live what they believe. Without making the excuses. You know, it's real easy to make an excuse. But the Bible says one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he's Lord. Then every one of us will give an account of what we've done in this body, whether it be good or evil. And what we're saying, well, Lord, I did this and I did that. You know what? When we stand before the Lord or when we kneel before the Lord, we're not going to say, well, Lord, I didn't read my Bible, you know, because I just didn't understand it. You know what he's going to say? 
I gave you the Holy Spirit to give you understanding. There's no excuse. In fact, when we kneel before the Lord, we won't make excuses because He knows it all. Because we're without excuse. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, if you don't know Him, you say, well, preacher, I, I hope I do. Well, the Bible says that you can know. First John chapter 5, verse 13 says, These things have I written on you that you may know that you have eternal life. It's a no-so salvation. It's not a maybe-so, hope-so. Come this morning. Receive Christ. You say, well, well, preacher, I would, but boy, there's all the people in there. Don't make an excuse. I made an excuse before I got saved one time. I sit with my friends, girlfriend, other friends as a teenager. And I thought in my mind, what will they say? And it kept me from going. But finally, I got to the place I thought, I'm not going to hell for anybody. And I got up out of my seat in front of my friends and received Jesus Christ, my Savior. You say, well, I'll wait till another time. You can't guarantee me you got it tomorrow. Yeah. The Bible says life is as a vapor that appears for a short time and vanishes away. No man knows the hour in which the Lord may return. The Bible says he cometh as a thief in the night. Don't make excuses because you may not have another chance. Come and receive him. Christian, we're without excuse. Let's quit making excuses and let's start living for God. We may magnify and glorify Jesus Christ and help others to receive him also. Let's bow. Could I ask you a question? If you were to die, while well, every head's bowed, every eye's closed, if you were to die this very moment, I'm not talking about an hour from now, I'm talking about this very moment, would you go to heaven? If you can't say yes to that, you need to come this morning and let us take a Bible and show you how you can be saved. Well, preacher, I'll do that later. Don't make an excuse. Well, preacher, maybe I am. Don't make an excuse. Well, one of these days, don't make an excuse. Come today. The excuses will not hold up when you kneel before the Lord. Father, I thank you and I love you. Guide us and direct us in this invitation. I've tried to preach what you'd have me to. But Lord, you know I'm fallible. So, Lord, I pray that you do the work, only the work that you can do. Holy Spirit, draw. Save souls. Draw Christians to a closer walk with you this morning. Help us to put off excuses why we don't use an altar, why we don't pray, why we don't, whatever it might be. Let's put away those excuses. Have your will, Wayne, the invitation I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes?